We actually have our kids that are running the shipping container Airbnb short-term rentals on our property down there. And they're responsible. My 14 and 16-year-old each have their own shipping container. And uh, it's their job to get that interaction because our kids have lost it these days. They're all into gaming and phoning. And so what our rule is, is they have to respond to the guest. They have to welcome the guest. They have to do a review for the guest. And it's their job. And if they follow through with the communication and the cleaner, they get 50% of all the proceeds. I'll never forget that day when I asked myself the question, is this it? Is this all there is to strive for in life? That day, I set out on a journey to find more. Now, I am sitting down with the most fulfilled to teach us the tools and tips they use to get there so we can do it faster. Think different, earn different, live fulfilled. This is Contrarian Cashflow. Welcome in Contrarian Cashflow. Today, I've got Dr. Aaron Hudson with me. Aaron, what is going on? Hey, 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 John, it's so good to see you and be on your uh, podcast today. Thanks so much for the invite. I am super excited for this conversation and I've been having a lot of fun listening to some of your past interviews as well. So I know this one is going to be a blast. So for those folks that don't know, so Aaron is a chiropractor, business owner of a couple wellness clinics in the Southwest, real estate investor, entrepreneur, loving mother and wife. So Aaron, what do you have going on right now? My goodness, that's like a loaded question. So I will go back to, yes, you did say that I have a couple of practices, not any longer. I sold the last one. And so I am 100% in the real estate, multifamily space and alternative investing. So I've definitely got my hands full, but on a mission to grow this empire and change the generations for my kids, 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 kids uh, moving forward. So that's what I'm on a mission Awesome. Well, congrats. I didn't, I didn't realize the last one had, had made its way out of the portfolio. So congratulations. That's exciting. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And so I know we don't have enough time. One hour, two hours, three hours would not give us enough to talk through everything we want to, but uh, let's try to do our best. So let's get into your journey a little bit. So I love just your whole story, right? I mean, it's just really interesting from tail to tip. So I guess, how did you get where you are today from where you started? Sure. So do you want me to go back to where I was childhood, that type of thing? Yeah, I think it's very impressionable of what you know, what you've come become today. Sure, absolutely. So I'll try and sum this one up. But yes, I am a child of five, number two in the family. And as I shared with John before, I actually come from two incredible loving parents that I would not trade them for the world. But I will tell you, I certainly was not that child that was fed with the silver spoon. I actually had parents that worked nine to five jobs. And I'm not sure if you're familiar, but really what job stands for is just over broke. And I could not stress that enough in our home simply because my parents were the parents that lived paycheck to paycheck. And I really saw them at the grind building somebody else's dream. And at a very young age, I just reflect and recall being like, I never want my life to look like that. And I know that without a shadow of a doubt, I was born with a massive entrepreneurial spirit. And so I wanted everything but the life that they were living. Fast forward, went on to becoming a chiropractor, owning two wellness centers along that journey, jumped into the single family space within two years, acquired a handful of rental properties, and I got the taste of mailbox money. And it literally put a fire underneath my fanny. And really why? 
It wasn't, you know, here I was with my wellness centers, but guess what? In order for those to run most efficiently, I had to be at the grind every single day. Yes, there was lots of passive income from other ones' efforts in my practice. But at the end of the day, I found out really quickly that this was not going to build massive generational wealth. And there was something else that was really sexy that I found out about that was. And yes, it started with the single family, but let me tell you something. When I got word about the multifamily and that you did not have to be uber wealthy rich to get in the game, literally it was an aha moment that put me on a trailblazing course to go full throttle. And I cannot believe where I am today, just getting started, moving from single up to multifamily and the momentum we have is nothing short of a stinking miracle. Well, I mean, you guys, what have you guys done just through COVID, right? I mean, you guys had an amazing year last year. And I mean, with everything considered, it was pretty funky. But what did you guys put under contract or or actually uh, end up taking down last year? Sure. Yeah, no, it started off a little bit hairy when COVID hit just to be, you know, fully transparent. There's highs and lows in every place and stage of our life that we go through, right? But it's those hardships that really make you grateful for all the wonderful things that follow. And at the time of the pandemic, I will tell you, we were getting ready to close on roughly a $4 million deal. We had $150,000 hard on this deal. We were 12 days out from closing. And the lender, what did they do? They pulled out on our funding. And it was a very, very trying time because at that moment, we were just getting hit with predatory lenders left and right. And uh, it was looking a bit grim, but guess what? We were able to make lemonade out of lemons. We ended up getting a lender where we had better terms than we had pre-COVID. And I love the way that the Lord works and says, listen, if you hold off from doing what you know a man would want to take down this property, regardless of the terms, because they're hungry and they want to make it happen. And you truly, truly do what's right for people by people like Quattro did in this case, he blesses us. And we ended up, as I said, getting better terms. Not only that, during a crazy wild pandemic, we ended up closing on nine properties in a 12 month, in a matter of 12 months, which is amazing with all that was unfolding in the world. Oh, absolutely. That's a tremendous accomplishment. And you glossed over a couple of things from your story that I kind of want to go back into though. So so you got into, so you were doing the, the pain management or the, the wellness clinics and you were working and you were, you know, were delegating some responsibilities. So why did you decide to get into real estate at that point in time? I mean, you probably were doing pretty well, but why not just kind of live with good enough and, you know, kind of live a, a comfortable, mediocre life? Well, here's the deal. I actually uh, was looking to scale my business. Why? I Maybe greed set in. I wanted more. I knew that our business was capable more of scaling. And so I brought in a coach uh, that got to come in and take a look at my practice and how it was running to see what we could do to really get that, that scalability. And sure enough, she came into my practice and she could see all the flaws of what was going wrong and what I could be doing better. And believe it or not, she ended up firing me. She said, listen, until you get in and you hire five more people in your practice and you stop doing those $10 an hour jobs, which you have no business doing, I'm done. And so anyhow, I will tell you that was the best thing that ever happened to me because I did end up going on to hire other people and delegating like a beast 
it was a painful moment for her to say, man, you've got everything asked backwards. But again, it was the best thing. Simply, everybody needs an editor. And by her coming in and changing up some things, guess what it did? It freed up more time for me to do what I do best, which was seeing the patient and then moving on and able to make better use of my time, which opened up the doors for me to explore more into this world of real estate. And that's really how it unfolded. I noticed that there was so much more time in my schedule. And that's where it, again, it opened up that opportunity for me to jump into the real estate game and fast forward. It was just a matter of acquiring and getting that taste of that mailbox money that really got me juiced and on fire to duplicate that son of a gun. And so that's what I did. That's how it all began. Well, and I couldn't agree more. It is nice every month just to have it ding, ding the checking account, right? You know, just like have it drop right in and just like steady Eddie. So I, I'm right there with you. There's a, there's a good feeling about having that mailbox money come in. So when you got into real estate, what did what was the start like? Did you start just with single family? And why did you start with single family? Well, first of all, I didn't know anything about multifamily. I didn't even think it was a possibility. So my head didn't even go there. I just had a friend that was investing in real estate. And uh, that's what really turned me on. He started to share with me a wee bit about it. And fast forward, he said, you know what? I've got a buddy that's selling a pack of six homes. And here I was living in Southern California. And so just imagine for a moment, I live in an area where it's $800,000 median house income. I mean, median house price for a 1500 square foot, let's call it 1960s built. And yet all of a sudden here I am getting introduced to a six pack of homes for $50,000 per home. I had never seen anything like it. I had no idea that you could buy a home that had beautiful wood floors and walls painted for $50,000. So anyhow, that was my first taste. I bought that six pack, but I want to tell you guys something for all of you listeners out there that are like, how in the world did you just come up with $300,000? I did not have the 300,000, you guys. This is something that I will tell you that I have an amazing amount of grit, an amazing amount of resourcefulness. I just committed to buying the $300,000 package and I had no idea how I was going to buy it. Truth be told, I had $100,000. I ended up using a credit card to pull some cash out of a credit card. I went to my father-in-law and said, hey, listen, I got to share something with you. I have an opportunity for you to make 7% on your money. Does something like that interest you? And of course he said, yeah, well, yes, tell me what it is. And so I did not beg and plead for his money. I presented an opportunity and have it and had it backed by real estate. And if I defaulted, he was going to be granted properties. So because I had that conversation and negotiated it, I was able to pull forward and bring that 300,000 to the table and, and make the purchase. But I'll never forget my husband saying, listen, how in the world are we going to do that? We don't have 300,000. But where there's a will, there's a way. And if you can make a a situation, a win-win for another individual, it's pretty amazing what you can do. So that's a tremendous point. And I think that's a lot of times when you have these transactions and and scenarios, that's what you really have to look at. What's motivating the other party, right? And I think so many times we make assumptions based off what's motivating us. We just assume that the other party has the same level of motivations. And I just think it's really important if you're either looking to raise money from individuals or looking to do transactions, be it business, real estate, whatever the case is, really try to understand the other party and put yourself in their shoes. Because I think so many times we get stuck and and we all know what assuming does. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges because like you said, you know, you did, you presented an opportunity and, you know, you weren't begging and pleading and saying, Hey, you know, I really need this money. If this doesn't work, you know, we're going to be in really deep trouble. 
and you were really just presenting it more. And either he could have said, yeah, that sounds interesting or, eh, you know, that's not quite for me. And then, you know, you could have said, well, what else would sound interesting, right? And then you can right. figure out what deal would sound interesting. So, so as far as that, there's one story I'm just super, I want to hear again, because I, so you bought those six, but then you were able to, to scale it into something even more impressive. So, so what happened after you bought the first six? So after I bought the first six, as I said, I just really got on fire for it. I saw, call it easy for me. It just is really like to think of it this way. This is how I like to say it. For the women that are listening right now, when you have, let's call it $100, are you the chick that likes to go to Nordstrom's, buy one shirt for $100, or are you the chick that likes to go to Nordstrom Rack or call it TJ Maxx and get five items instead of one? I don't know about you, but I'm the latter. And so I love a stinking deal. There's nothing that gets me more fired up when I'm able to construct, strategize, structure something that makes a win-win for both parties. And so with that being said, I got a taste of what this rental, owning rental properties was like. And so I just was on a massive mission. Every bit of free time I got, I was like, okay, where can I find the next deal? And here I was this gal on Craigslist, just looking for homes in Indianapolis. And that's really where I started. And so what I did is I thought, okay, well, listen, I started in with a buy-in of $50,000. What if I could, I quickly found out, let me go back. I quickly found out for my property managers, the pro, the caliber of home I was buying for 50,000, I could pick up for roughly 35,000, right? So I overpaid in essence, but I didn't know any different. I just thought, shoot, this is a really great deal. So fast forward, here I am on Craigslist trying to find some homes for sale. And I ran across a package that was a four pack. And let's just call it $100,000 for even numbers. So I bought this four pack and I said, oh my gosh, I want to buy this four pack. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this contract between John and I, let's pretend John's selling it. So I said, John, I'm interested in all four of these properties. I'm going to pay you $100,000. And he goes, fantastic. Well, what I did is I went to other individuals that were already seeing what I was doing. I had already piqued their curiosity. They already wanted to get in the game. And so what I did is I took three of those homes and I put them under contract each for $33,500. So let's do the math here, friends. If you have three properties and each one is 33,500, that tallies up to roughly $100,000, right, John? Yep. So basically... I sold three of those properties and what did I do? I kept one for free. So just like you hear about on Bigger Pockets, the Burr method, <laughs> I was basically doing something similar. Buy four, sell three, keep one for free. All right, awesome. On to the next deal and so on and so forth. So when I talk about you know acquiring 26 rental properties in two years, the truth be told, about 14 of those were for free because of the way that I structured. That's what I love about investing. I mean, there's just so many different and, and transactions in business in general. There's so many ways to, you know, to, to, to peel the banana and, and make it work out. And I mean, so you're saying you legitimately picked up 14 properties for, for relatively for free, just because you were the tip of the spear, you had the ability to act, have access to the deals and you had demand on the other side of folks that wanted those deals. So after you had, had the taste of that, and I mean, you picked up all these properties for free, what made you decide to pivot and potentially start looking in a different direction from a real estate perspective? As far as into the multifamily? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me, it was really this. Here I was in the single family space. 
I had acquired 26 rental properties. Along the way, we had other friends and family members that were saying, you know, really, could you help me acquire? And so again, we went on to do more transactions to the tune of a little over 230 buy and sell transactions, helping other people get into the space. And so along that course, yes, it was awesome. But then I got invited to go to this multifamily event. And I remember thinking, why in the world are you inviting me to this? This is only for the uber rich. I have no business going with you. So anyhow, I went and I'll never forget, I was sitting in the front row with my arms crossed, like, why am I here? This is crazy. When all of the sudden I have this literally aha moment and I find out very quickly that here I am, I've been playing the game of Monopoly, landing on Vermont, collecting call it $50 from the single family, right? And all of a sudden I heard that there was capability and possibility for me to no longer land on Vermont, but to go big and land on Boardwalk. And I felt like the Red Sea parted and I went, oh my gosh, it's my duty to go back to all of my investors that were my friends and family anyhow and share with them the good news that guess what? There is something even more grandiose that I would love, love, love to include you in, but when the time is right. Because I knew ahead of me, I had a much longer learning curve. It wasn't as easy as single family. And I owed it to my people if I was going to move into that direction to make sure I was massively equipped in every area of that multifamily taking down a multifamily asset. So with that being said, that's how I moved from single family to multifamily and never looked back for an array of different reasons. So have you kept the other properties within your portfolio or have you since sold those off or what? Yeah. What does kind of your investment portfolio look like right now from a you know passive perspective? Sure, sure, sure. Thanks for asking. So first and foremost, yes, I started off and had the 26 properties. I'm down to 19. The rest of my portfolio is in Indianapolis, Indiana. So for any listeners that are looking to buy a single family, I may have a great one for you. I'm not quick. I'm not like, oh my gosh, I need to sell them yesterday. But I already just know the power for me of multifamily. And that's where I want to go to each their own. Some people absolutely love single family. So have at it and give me a call if you're interested. But with that being said, yes, I've got the 19 of the single family remaining. I've also got, uh, my goodness, we've got a commercial building that's 30 units with a Chuck E. Cheese rock climbing company. And then we've got 10 apartment buildings to the tune of 410 apartment building or apartment doors, I should say. And then according, so you asked about the stack. So we got that. And then I'm really big and I love alternative investing and it's for another day, but basically we have a shipping container, short-term rental or short-term rental containers that we use. And uh, we sell shipping containers for other to use as short-term rentals as well. And we're getting ready to create our container home park in Fredericksburg, Texas in the, the hill country. So good fun stuff on in the works. We got to hear about that. So a, a, con- a <laughs> container home, Airbnb or what? And then now you're building a park with them. So, okay. So, so what is this? You got to explain this. This is crazy. Your listeners are going to think I am like this bipolar crazy person, <laughs> but there's so many different things that we do with our family. So, well, let's just, let's go back just for a, a moment. In January, 2017, our family, my husband and I bought this high-end, high-end amenity Airbnb home in the Hill Country. It's absolutely stunning. 
It's on five acres. Again, we're super strategic when we purchase assets. We always wanna make sure there's multiple exit strategies. And for this particular property, it was on five acres. We have five kids. We wanna see our kids win. And all that I kept thinking was, oh my gosh, we could subdivide this into parcels, one acre each, and each child could have it and they can do whatever they want, right? So in 2017, we always have this desire to put tiny homes around the pond down on our five acres. And then of course, got busy with all the multifamily properties. And we finally circled back around. And with the shipping container company that we have, we said, you know what? Let's put these shipping containers down here. And so we actually have our kids that are running the shipping container Airbnb short-term rentals on our property down there. And they're responsible. My 14 and 16-year-old each have their own shipping container. And uh, it's their job to get that interaction because our kids have lost it these days. They're all into gaming and phoning. And so what our rule is, is they have to respond to the guest. They have to welcome the guest. They have to do a review for the guest. And it's their job. And if they follow through with the communication and the cleaner, they get 50% of all the proceeds that come in. So with that being said, we're teaching them how to duplicate their seed money because granted they're getting 50% of everything that comes in. Of that money, 50% has to be saved for another asset and the other portion that they can use according to however they desire, right? And so it's about not putting them in a box, but giving them an opportunity And so you see children and how they work. Guess what? Do you think they're really spending their money at the liquor store and buying clothes and this, that, and the other? No. Why? Because we've created this competition between my children. And it's all about who's going to have the most money next so they can purchase the next asset. We create this nice, good competition in our house that's a healthy competition to help them grow and duplicate their seed money so they too can be empowered and build a legacy. That's awesome. And I mean, I think that is such a cool concept. So I, I, I got to unpack that separately because I think those are just two amazing scenarios. So, I mean, I just love the diversity that you have, you know, kind of throughout different things and your willingness to try things. I think that's when people struggle is they're like, oh, well, what back to your point of I'm going to make this happen. So many people get caught up in how is this going to happen? And I mean, even myself personally, you know, I even have that struggle sometimes in the back of my head is like, well, this how am I just going to make this work? There's just too many variables. There's too many, you know, it's a bridge too far and whatever. And I just love how you just jump in. You're like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to will it into existence. I think that's just amazing. So, so with the container homes, so a couple questions, a little bit more on the technical sides, we've looked at that, you know, scenario, kind of like a tiny home, either a village or, you know, if it's a resort type thing. And it's interesting, but the zoning and the municipalities can be challenging sometimes. So I know you own the acreage. So as far as, for yours, is it primarily just you see one per acre? You talked about the park. What's kind of the the long plan with that piece of land and how many containers you're actually going to put onto it? Yeah. Well, first of all, for the listeners that are listening in right now and they're intrigued by this shipping container, I don't want to di- I don't want to waste too much of your time, but I highly recommend going to the website. It's www.liveuncontained.com and you will get all the information you ever wanted in regards to the shipping containers and short-term rentals and so on and so forth. But going back to your question, you had inquired, you know, how many can you fit on the land? The truth be told, for every acre, you can roughly fit eight shipping containers per acre, okay? So with that being said, yes, there are municipalities and restrictions and so on and so forth. But 
what I recommend is making sure that you find property that's outside city limits, hence our Airbnb that we talked about in the Hill Country, outside city limits with, with there's not, make sure it's unrestricted, meaning that you're able to move forward and do just that on the land, right? And then the sky's the limit, right? So it depends on if you want to shove a bunch of them on the land and make it like an RV type place, or if you want to make it more like a high amenity and have that vibe, right? Of kind of upscale, because just think for one moment, for those of you listening that think, well, why the heck would you want to stay in a shipping container? That's like a man's cave. No friend, when you see what we have done with these, it is bound to blow your mind because here's the thing. We've luxurized these. So they've got a shiplap throughout, faux beams, recessed lighting, farm door inside. So we've literally luxurized it and made an experiential stay for our visitors. So and they, I can attest to it. They're beautiful. I mean, they, they did a really great job. I mean, they're, they're amazing. So I would definitely recommend any of the listeners to go and check that out for sure. So then the other piece of it was talking about your kids. And so I think that's something that most of the listeners are conscious of that have children are how do we convey some of these principles on our children? Because I know for me personally, growing up, I didn't really entrepreneurship or making income outside of a nine to five was not really a thought, right? You put as much money into your 401k as possible. And whatever you have left over, you know, you kind of play around with, or maybe you put a little bit into some brokerage ETFs or whatever, right? That was kind of the extent of it. So with my wife and I, we're starting to kind of, we've got an eight and a five-year-old. So we're kind of starting to, to lay the groundwork a little bit. And my wife's getting a lot more down the rabbit hole of entrepreneurship. And so, you know, we're just kind of talking about it and they're constantly like, what are you trying to buy? And, you know, why is mommy doing this? Or, you know, what she got to do this for? So it's cool because they're kind of getting familiar with the terminology and just, Hey, we're always on, right? I mean, you know, we're not 24 seven, but you know, if I got to take a call on a Sunday or whatever to close a deal, I'm going to take the call, right? You know, it's, Hey, I got to handle this real quick and move on. But so how, um, how did you start and, and how are you continuing to kind of teach your children, you know, the importance of being able to learn how to make income on their own outside of independent of a job? That's such a great question. And I hope that your listeners glean from this. It really goes back to John, our children love options, right? They don't want to be told what to do. They want to be given options and make a wise decision from there. So it starts with the early drippings, right? Have I done everything right? Heck no. I'm sure that that I haven't. But what I will tell you is I currently have a 22-year-old and my 22-year-old got, you know, we got started six, seven years ago. So she was in, you know, I don't want to say the rat race, but she was in it, right? She got to get a feel for it. So it was a matter of extending an opportunity to her. And I will never forget, as a matter of fact, she's getting ready to speak tomorrow night in an event about this experience, but I'll share it with you because it's really profound. At the time, she had $7,000 in her Roth IRA. And for those of you that don't know what a Roth IRA is, look it up. It's pretty awesome. Or reach out to John or I and I'll, I'll help you out. But basically, she had $7,000 in her Roth. In her, hold on. We're going to have to edit that part. My daughter had... $7,000 in her bank account. And she was turned 16. She wanted to get a car and we were totally cool with that. But we knew that it was our time that she is most impressionable and we could give her an option of this. We could either say, you know what, Riley, go buy that car for 7,000, have fun with it. But remember, keep in mind, you're going to have gas to pay for. You're going to have insurance to pay for. You're going to have a car payment. So that's okay. You can have that. Or we would love to extend this opportunity for you to come in and put your $7,000 to work and we will help you get your first investment property. With that being said, if you choose the latter, 
We will let you use our car. You will not have to pay for gas. You will not have to pay for insurance and you will have a cash flowing asset. But listen, here's the thing. We want you to make your own decision. So why don't you sleep on that? Think about it. But that asset, I will tell you, is going to bring in $500 a month. Your car, it's only going to cost you money every month. So at the end of the day, you choose whatever you want. We'll support you on that. Children love choices, y'all. They just do. So she woke up that next morning, and of course she wanted that doggone car, but she's like, you know what, mom? You know what? I think I need to make that wise decision. I want that house and that investment property. So we did exactly that. We helped her put her money into a Roth IRA, and she purchased that house with her Roth IRA. Why is that wise for somebody that's 16, you may be asking yourself? Kids these days want to spend every dollar they get. But if we have the proceeds going back into her Roth IRA, she cannot touch it, right? So fast forward, that was at age 16. She is now 22 years old. She just sold her property two months ago. And guess where she went into? She took her money and she just put it in her first apartment building. So talk about teaching kids and giving them the tools to scale up. She feels empowered and equipped with the tools to go and grow her nut. So fun stuff for sure. I love that story. That is, that is outstanding. And I mean, and the fact, like you said, kids love options and, and so do grownups, right? And I think yeah. that's the struggle most people run into. That's why they may stay at a job or in a career that, that isn't as rewarding to them because they feel stuck. The golden handcuffs are like, oh my gosh, well, how am I going to work this out? How am I going to figure this out? And I think that's why it's so important to start teaching that at such a young age because we want to have our kids be able to do what they want. If they want to be a teacher, if they want to be, a, you know, if they want to take care of pets, you know, as like a pet sitter or something, you know, I mean, we want them to to do something that they find fulfillment and satisfaction with. Yeah. The challenge in society sometimes is, you know, if you don't have other means of income coming in, it can be hard to support a family in certain avenues, right? And so they either need to find a way to either grow the income they can make from that said passion, or they need to have a path to create income in other ways that are bringing them together kind of full circle, right? Hey, I get fulfillment from doing this task, but I get in, I get better income from doing this task. And I think that's just such a, such a great point to bring up. So one thing I want to touch on real quick that I've heard you talk about before is finding your superpower. And I think, again, that kind of goes back to the limiting belief that a lot of earner of, you know, W2 employees have is around, well, how do I articulate this to something entrepreneurially or to a business, right? Hey, I'm, I'm really good at making money as an engineer or a data scientist or a sales professional, but it's, it's a big difference selling a product or working for a fortune 500 company than it is saying like, I'm going to go out there on the street and try to, you know, sell this to, you know, a fellow individual or to a friend or family, or, you know, just to a customer on the end. So what's your recommendation for folks that are trying to articulate the skills that they've accumulated throughout their life into the entrepreneurial world? Yeah. So listen, I've done it both ways. And here's the truth of the matter. There was a time when I first got into the multifamily space, I was that girl that literally was wearing all the hats. I know like, first of all, multifamily is not a one man show, not even remotely like it is in the single family space. So here I was trying to wear the hat of meeting brokers. I was wearing the hat of trying to find the money. I was wearing the hat of trying to find the partners. I was trying to find the deal. You get the gist, right? I did that for a year and it was literally like hitting my head against the wall. Well, guess what? When I finally shifted and I said, you know what? To hell with all of this. I'm going to stay in my lane. And my lane is I love people, man. I'm on fire for people to win in life. And I'm going to just continue to water those relationships and just love on people and connect with people. And at that same token, when I did, guess what? 
everybody around you starts to see that chick's superpower. Not just mine, but whatever yours is. I really highly encourage you to walk and stay in your lane because you will leave a lasting impression. If you hone in and grab on to what that superpower is, you will become noticed in your space. I promise, promise, promise. But if we go and we fast forward that, literally, I look at the team that I have right now, Quattro Capital, and I feel extremely beyond blessed and so grateful. Why? Listen, am I? are all my partners just like me on in Quattro Capital? Hell no. We are all different and bring such strategy and something different to the table. Am I the girl that can sit in a cardboard or in a, in a closet with no windows and do spreadsheet and analytics? No, but guess what? I have a team member that can. Am I the girl that likes to go and run all the demographics and really just dig in deep and, and really shore that whole side up? No, it's not best time well spent for me. Can I underwrite? Yeah. Can I go study demographics? Yeah. Do I enjoy it? No. So why not do what I enjoy? Because my mission is to have freedom in every area of my life, business, financially, relationally. And at this point in my life, I want to do what I love. I want to wake up every day and be thrilled to walk out my day because I get to choose the lane that I want to stay in. And there's nothing more fulfilling knowing that I get to stay in my lane and I have the most incredible partners that I get to link arms with. And together we make for one hell of a powerful team because we all have something incredible that we bring into this space that makes us a team where we can go and execute and fly like eagles. And that's exactly what is happening. So it's pretty incredible. So just to kind of build off of that. So what is, so as far as the partnership, what's kind of your core responsibilities within Quattro Capital? Sure. So as I said, I love people. Um, so investor relations is a good peace of mind and acquisitions. As I said, I love deal structuring, negotiations. So uh, really that's my component of what I do with the team. And always looking, of course, with that people comes finding alliance partners and Quattro Capital is big on bringing on others that are in our space into the fold that perhaps don't have a partner, but maybe they found a really great deal and they're looking to work with a really swell, strong team. And and that's Quattro Capital. I can't help. <laughs> I am biased. We are pretty awesome, right? So it's really, that's what I get to do is just vet out great people and, and make relationships with others. Uh, absolutely. And I mean, listeners, if they haven't already got, they'll have to go back and listen to one of your partners, Maurice's episode. It's just amazing. He talks about his, his travel exploits and and kind of the same thing, right? Because he's got a portfolio of different activities constantly going on and just an amazing person. So I can definitely speak to the personal experience of just a top-notch team. So when you're when you're evaluating staying in your lane, is that something that you're constantly thinking about? And so, hey, this is straying a little bit far from you know what my focus is. Is it more as far as fulfillment and enjoyment, or is it more like tactical and technical? Saying, oh, you know, this is kind of getting a little far out. I need to rebalance and refocus on on what really I'm I'm good at, best at. No, it's really it's really uh, the first the first that you touched on. It's just really staying in my lane, and I already know where my boundaries are. But here's the beautiful thing. When you have a team of five, like we do at Quattro Capital, some would say, Aaron, that's crazy. Why in the world do you have five partners? You're really diluting things. It seems really, you know, kind of ass backwards. Why would you do that? Here's what I have to say to those listeners that are listening. Maybe you have one or two partners and here's the deal. Good for you. If it works, fabulous. If it's not broken, no need to fix it. 
But Quattro Capital really just looks at it differently. Here's the thing. Consider it kind of like a football team or a football game. And we got to get that ball across the finish line. Are we able to do it with just one person? No, we have the quarterback, the running back, and it really takes all pieces or all positions on that field to get it across the finish line. Here's the beauty of it. It makes it effortless. We get to enjoy what we're doing because here's the truth. And you all know that you do not like to do everything that I just talked about, you know, all those different hats. There's nobody out there that just loves to do every single one of those things and that they're really good at every one of those things. But imagine for a moment, what if you got to link arms and each of those hats that I previously talked about, you had a team player that was just incredible at each at wearing each one of those hats. That's what makes it a total game changer because here's the truth. We look at what's happening with this pandemic. Many of our colleagues are sitting on the sidelines and they're waiting for the dust to clear before they go and try and take down another property. Not Quattro Capital. Why? Because it's like Black Friday to us. And when you have strategic, game-changing players on your team, come hell or high water, we're going to have success. Hence, that's why we're able to make such massive moves in such a short amount of time. We're able to fly like eagles. So many of you that are listening to this and you're like, oh man, what do I do? Do I just keep two? Do I just keep five? Make sure that you vet your partners well and don't be afraid to have a couple different partners because having a team of five, man, we thrive. We overthrive. So anyways, I'm sorry. I could just keep going about how awesome my team is. No, I love I love that. I love that. And I really appreciate you sharing that. So l- last thing before we wrap up with the contrarian three pack, I know you touched on it a little bit, but so as far as your cash flow stack, so it sounds like you do a little bit of active within Quattro still, obviously within the partnership, but then you've also got some passive stuff. So where's the majority of your income coming from today? My passive majority is coming from passive right now, but that's just passive on those rentals that that we have that somebody else is managing and not me. So yeah, it's absolutely passive. And and then I, I shouldn't say that it's probably about 50, 50 to be quite honest, but it all is in the real estate space. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's the nice thing about being in that space. And I think we were arguing earlier this week about being a real estate professional is extremely powerful, right? And I think that's one of the things for folks that are looking to get passive in real estate, the true benefits are unlocked once you can, you or your spouse can actually encompass the real estate professional status. I don't want to get into that because it gets super deep into the weeds (laughs) and stuff. But uh, for folks out there that are trying to take full advantage of the tax benefits and become as tax efficient as possible, definitely get yourself real estate professional status, um, you know, before you start getting yourself in trouble out there. So, uh, well, Aaron, this has been a super fun conversation. So let's wrap up with the last three questions. So, I mean, you've, you've bought a lot of different things. So I'm really excited to hear the answer to this one. So what's the most contrarian or off the beaten path investment you've made uh, in your investing career? I love that you asked me this. Listen, I am all about, if you haven't already figured it out, I love strategy. I love structuring. I love thinking outside the box because most people like to think uh, and follow the sheeple, right? It's just one way, only one way to do it. And I know that that is so far from the truth. And here's the bottom line. It was really this. We went to go take down a property and this property I was going to take down with my partners at Quattro Capital. And I had to bring $300,000 of my own money to the table in order to get a 25% ownership piece of this deal that we were taking down. And I remember thinking, 
okay, well, I'm just going to pull cash out of my free and clear properties because I'd never done it before. And I went to bed that night and I woke up and had this again, massive aha moment. And here I was trying to wake my husband up saying, oh my gosh, I just had an epiphany. And he's like, Aaron, it's three in the morning. Can we talk tomorrow? And I was like, okay, I was so fired up. I could not put myself back to sleep, but I'm going to tell you what I did. What I did is I woke up the next morning, I got on Facebook and I said, hey, how would you like to be the bank, make a great return and have it backed by real estate? And that's all I said with a couple emojis here and there. My Facebook blew up to the tune of 65 comments and people saying, please tell me more. Okay. I got to be in the buyer's position, you guys. I got to vet the people that I wanted to work with. And here was my terms. How would you like to lend $100,000 and be the bank? I will pay you 7% interest only, two-year minimum, two-year maximum. And I will back that money by my free and clear property, property A. I literally, within 48 hours, had $300,000 pegged. And I was like literally high like a kite. Like, remember how I told you the chick that goes into the into uh, Nordstrom Rack and gets five or four or five shirts versus that one from the regular Nordstrom? That was me again. There is something about when you cut a really awesome deal and you get into a deal with no money in, and yet I own 25% of this deal, that's a win. And so here's what it looked like. Because you may be saying, I still don't understand. How do you make that work? Well, first of all, we found a diamond in a rough that literally had a 12% cash on cash day one. So let's do the math. If it's earning 12% and I have to pay my lender 7%, 12 minus seven is five, 5% I'm still making on this deal without a dollar in this deal. Did you hear me? Not one of my own dollars in this deal. Fast forward when it's two years out, we're gonna be able to refinance this property I'll pay off the 300,000 and here I am truly with no money in on the deal, nor do I owe these lenders, these little lenders. Yes, we have the bank loan, but you get the gist of what I'm saying. Now, let me fast forward on this. Here is where the win is, you guys, and hear this loud and clear. I sent out the first quarterly payout. I get a text message that says, hey, Aaron, thank you so much for the opportunity. I just got my first check in the mail. This is so awesome. Do you see what I'm saying, my friend? If you help it, your other friends win and you make it a win-win, at the end of the day, you both come out on top. But who really won? I don't know. I feel like I did. (laughs) (laughs) You can't beat an infinite return. So I would say you you ended up working out pretty well for you too. And I mean, that just goes back to the creativity within real estate, but also you know, that wouldn't have been possible if you didn't already have those properties, right? And I think that's the, the snowball True. effect from all of this is you've got to start from somewhere. You know, it's it's more difficult to use other people's money when you don't have any money. When you have more money, you can kind of start, you know, making the rules a little bit tighter. So just something to think about. Just, you know, some of these stories are a lot easier to do once you've attained a certain level of success or, or property valuation. So, so you've got that ranch down there, but what's your favorite activity to do with friends and family outside of all this business and real estate stuff? I love, absolutely love the outdoors. I love wake surfing. I love snowboarding. And even better yet, I love doing it with my family, with my kids, just seeing them behind the boat, wake surfing, and they're excited and their smile on their face puts a smile on my heart. And if you don't already know, 
I'm all for my kids. Like I want to just see them win in life. I want to see them love life and know that they're unstoppable and they can have all that they truly desire. And, and really all it takes is action. Right. And so I think, you know, I want to not just be that example that just talks, but I want my children to see their mama walking things out. And if I can do it as a C student, so can they. The sky's the limit. Absolutely. And and I'm right there with you. Doing outdoor activities with kids, I think, are some of my fondest memories. And just, you know, can't get much better than that. So what offers you the most fulfillment in life? What offers me the most fulfillment? Well, obviously, as I said, my children and having them, I know it sounds ridiculous and I'm beating a dead horse, but to see my kids have a desire to invest and ask me about it versus me having to initiate the conversation is super, super exciting. The fact that my children can have these little Airbnbs and come back to me and say, mom, I know I don't have the nut to buy another container. What should I do with this? Yet we can show them how to create their own little family bank and become their own little bank is powerful. So that's where they're putting their money. And so that really gives me a massive reward, makes me feel warm and fuzzy. But I think it's also goes back to just creating that time freedom relationship freedom is great, but time freedom to be able to go anywhere and do whatever you want to do and still be able to conduct work and be on another country or wherever it may be. That's what gets me fired up in life. I don't have to be on by the nine to five and no disrespect, but at the end of the day, we get to make not only our own bed at night, but we get to make the rules. So my question for you is how do you want to live your life? Because the ball's truly in your court. And if you're not doing it right now, find somebody else that's doing it, link arms with them and find out how you too can have what they have. hundred percent. That's extremely powerful. And I think what my wife and I always say to our kids and each other is everything in life's a choice. So where you're at today, you are actively choosing to, to go that direction. So if you want to change, you're going to have to actively change to choose or to choose change where you're currently at. So I, I think that's amazing. So Aaron, I've I've loved this conversation. As always, the energy that you bring, what's the best way? I know you dropped the container website, but what's the best way for the audience to get a hold of you out there? Absolutely. Definitely go check us out at way, And that's two T's for Quattro. I would love, love, love for you to meet the incredible team that I get the pleasure of working with. Because once you get to our website, each one of us has a minute video And I don't care who you are, within 60 seconds, you're going to get a gut fill on how awesome that uh, my team is and why I'm so fired up to be able to be linked up with each one of them. So hopefully I uh, will maybe get to connect with you. Happy to help you move your needle forward. and, and, And I'm here for you. So. And depending on what your flavor is, right? Active, passive, you know. Debt, <laughs> equity, you know, they, they got your flavor, however you want to invest your money. So they got you. So, well, Aaron, well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. Looking forward to connecting again here in a little bit and see where you guys taking things to. Awesome. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much. I appreciate you, John. Go kick butt, brother. Ab- absolutely. Appreciate it. Until next time, live All right. fulfilled. Take care. Thank you for listening to Contrarian Cashflow. I would greatly appreciate it if you left an honest review Hit subscribe so you never miss an episode and share with someone you feel would find value. Until next time, think different, earn different, live fulfilled.